It is wisdom that will set you free. Welcome to Mystic FM. Join us on a voyage of spiritual discovery. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mystic FM. My name's Julian Rosser, and Mystic FM is brought to you by the Aetherius Society's New Zealand branch in Auckland. Today, we discuss our chakras, otherwise known as psychic centres. Mystic FM is produced by the New Zealand branch of the Aetherius Society, a worldwide spiritual organisation with centres in Europe, North America, Africa and Australasia. We were founded in 1955 by a Western master of yoga, Dr. George King, who passed on in 1997. The Aetherius Society are the custodians of a vast amount of spiritual teachings given by beings from this world and beyond, which were received through the yogic mediumship of Dr. King. We are a practical organization that holds regular services to send out spiritual power through prayer and mantra to help our suffering world. The Society's motto is service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Today we look at the significance and development of the chakras, otherwise known as psychic centers. Our presenter, Tanya Solberg, will cover not only what they look like and how they affect our physical body, but also what their true significance is in our own spiritual development. This podcast is based upon a lecture given by Dr. King, and the full lecture is available from our website tas.co.nz that's tas.co.nz Thank you Julian. We not only inhabit a physical body but also a psychic body known as the aura. This is an energy body composed of spiritual or etheric matter that extends several inches beyond the physical body and contains within its psychic centers or chakras. The chakras are vortices of energy that act as floodgates in the etheric structure of man for the transmission and reception of psychic and mental energy. There are seven major chakras in the body and hundreds of minor chakras, but the seven major ones are the most important and the ones that we'll be talking about today. Beginning at the top of our head, these chakras are the crown chakra, situated directly on top of the head, the Christ center, or also known as the third eye center, which is located in the center of the forehead, the throat center, the heart center, located in the center of the body, just beneath the breastbone, the solar plexus center, the sex center, and the base of the spine center. Each chakra has its own particular energy, and this energy resonates with a certain color of each chakra. 
just like the colours of a rainbow, beginning at the top of the head, is violet, then indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and then finally the base of the spine chakra, which is red. Colour healing is a powerful healing tool because by using colour we can help to bring a chakra back into balance. If a chakra is not functioning correctly, it can cause a multitude of health problems in the area associated with that chakra. One of the reasons for this is that the chakras are psychically linked to the endocrine system, which is a collection of glands that excrete hormones directly into the circulatory system. These glands, again starting at the top of the head, are the pineal gland, pituitary gland, thyroid, thymus, pancreas, gonads, and adrenal glands. So what do these chakras actually look like? Let's listen to an extract from Dr. King's lecture entitled The Significance and Development of the Psychic Centers. His full lecture on this subject is available on CD on our website at www.tas.co.nz. Now, what are these things? Well, if you could see them, they would look rather like very, very large or quite large flowers. And they would seem to have petals in one way. That's why the yogis referred to them as the mystic flowers or, or the lotus flowers. They are depicted as a lotus flower, each center. But really they are vortices of energy. You know... Many people can't picture a vortex of energy. There is one easy way to do it. That is, when you go home tonight, don't leave it till tomorrow, you may have forgotten all about it. Tonight, when you go home, run the bath and then let the water go. And you will notice that where the water goes through the waste hole, there is a vortex or a small whirlpool. I imagine that whirlpool colored with many, many different uh, radiations or colors. You will have some idea of what these vortexes or vortices or psychic centers look like. And they virtually are just <coughs> like that whirlpool of water except that they are whirlpools of energy. And this energy is whirling round at a tremendous velocity, uh, actually at velocities which stagger the imagination. It is stated by a few well-versed uh, masters that the energies in the what is commonly termed in the West as the Christ Center, which is here, those energies, some of them, travel at four million times the speed of light. So you can see that they are tremendously powerful, 
colossally powerful if all that energy that flows into and out from that particular psychic center could be harnessed and released all at once, I think you could cause a beam of energy which could tear uh, a whole mountains uh, apart and possibly disintegrate them. To have enough energy there easily to go from here to Venus and back and a lot of energy to spare. And have enough energy there to drive uh, a ship like uh, the, the United States across the Atlantic uh, probably several hundred times. If it could be suddenly released at once, controlled and used, and then you'd have quite a lot to spare. So these tiny whirlpools of energy do exist, but not uh, in the physical body, but they pass through the physical body of man. And they actually exist in the aura or etheric uh, counterparts of man. You know, around each individual, there is, in fact, around all things living, which means all things, there is an aura or a subtle counterpart. And this subtle counterpart is an exact replica of the physical, only it's on different levels of energy or different levels of existence at one and the same time. And it is an energy counterpart, although, I must stress this so that you will learn correctly, even though you cannot see or touch the aura with your physical eyes or fingers, it is physical. It is a physical energy, not as physical as electricity, for instance, but nevertheless it is physical. So the aura is a physical body. Uh, you must get that straight. The whole foundation of metaphysics uh, uh, can be upset within your own mind if you don't have that straight. Some spiritualists who do not understand this business at all, who do not understand occultism, seem to believe that the aura is some vague spiritual God-made thing. Well, it may be God-made, all things are, but it's, nothing, it's not vague at all, uh, and it is physical energy matter, or matter and energy. So these psychic centers then are whirlpools of tremendous energy which exist in the aura. You will notice here that they are put through as though they grow on uh, stems, like flowers grow on stems. Well, this is quite correct interpretation. They actually do just this. And the main trunk of the tree upon which grow uh, these lotuses or psychic centers is, of course, the spinal column. And they are joined through the physical body, through the earth physical body, to the spinal column, 
by subtle chords. And these subtle chords are called in Sanskrit, have to use Sanskrit here because we have no English equivalent for it, the Nadis, N-A-D-I-S, Nadis, or the subtle nerve, uh, nervous system of man. Now the purpose of the chakras is to act as floodgates in the etheric structure of man for the transmission and reception of psychic and mental energy. And the energy that we are subconsciously drawing into ourselves through the chakras is called prana. Prana is also known by other names, depending on what part of the world you are from, such as chi or ki, mana or universal life forces. We exist in a sea of prana, which is the energy radiated through the sun, making all life possible. To remain healthy and well, we need to take into our body certain levels of prana. Every breath we take, every mouthful of liquid or solid we consume is charged with prana, and we can actively increase the prana in our body through what we eat, drink, and how we breathe. But the chakras are also 24 hours a day, drawing prana through these vortices of energy into our subtle nervous systems and literally feeding our body with energy. If these chakras are sluggish or not working well, then the amount of prana naturally being brought into the body is reduced, which can lead to lethargy and illness. Well-functioning chakras lead to better health, but there is also another aspect beyond the physical body that is affected by the chakras. By opening and developing these chakras, you can greatly enhance your own psychic or clairvoyant abilities and tap all levels of mind. Yoga, service and healing are all ways to achieve this, but one of the most important ways is through yoga breathing which helps to channel as much prana through the subtle nervous system as possible. A whole new world of information or activity is open to any man or woman who has developed these psychic centers. When the psychic centers are opened, balanced and tuned, your psychic senses become developed so that you can see auras, become a seer, can tap into all levels of mind and all planes of existence and by so doing, have the capacity to do much more good in the world. In an ordinary man, the chakras are partially closed, and the energy flow through the chakras is greatly reduced. An ordinary person's psychic centers are not particularly bright or glowing as they should be. An advanced being or master has fully activated the chakras, and can receive and transmit all energies on the levels with which they are associated. The psychic centers are glowing brightly, just like orbs of multicolored light, or like centers in which multicolored lights move around at a tremendous speed. The main reason why man is on earth is to learn to control these energies within himself. When you can control these energies perfectly, then you will begin to control matter, and when you can do that, then you no longer need to stay here in this classroom called Earth, and you can move to another classroom. You can find out more about this in Dr. King's book, The Nine Freedoms, 
or listen to our Mystic FM series on the Nine Freedoms found on our website. So what is the key to fully opening and activating these chakras? It all rests with an energy called Kundalini, or the serpent power. This is a primordial force which lies semi-dormant in the chakra at the base of the spine. It animates it and makes all functions possible. When this energy is consciously raised through a channel within the spine called Shushumna, it uncoils itself and gradually enters each psychic center in turn. As it does so, mind consciousness on all levels is opened up to the yogi. Each psychic center begins to truly function as it was meant to, and the powers come. Clairvoyance, psychometry, projection, and much more. But the power of Kundalini is a two-edged sword. It is a potent energy, and if you force the rise prematurely, it is extremely dangerous and could lead to a permanent disability, such as blindness, paralysis, or mental instability. Dr. George King advocated the safe but slower path of giving service to others, healing, prayer, mantra, spiritual teaching and helping others. And if you combine this with practices such as pranayama, which are yogi breathing exercises, hatha yoga, meditation, affirmation and visualizations, such as those that he gave in his book Realize Your Inner Potential, then the kundalini will rise slowly, but safely, in balance and harmony. As it rises up the spine, it opens and activates each psychic center in turn. This may not happen all in one go. It may only begin by activating one or more of the centers before returning to the base of the spine center. But eventually, Every single person will at some time need to raise the power of Kundalini as part of their spiritual progression, whether this happens in this life or a future life. In his lecture, Dr. King explained, based on personal experience, the effect of the Kundalini power entering each of the psychic centers. Starting with the sixth center, Dr. King said that when this center was activated, it would transmute the sexual energy and have a great love for the whole world and you will be greatly saddened by the actions of man, so much so that you will want to weep tears of blood like Jesus did. Next, the power of Kundalini activates the solar plexus center. Dr. King said, You will have the powers, clairvoyance, clairaudience. You will be able to hear people talking miles away or hear people talking on other realms, you will become aware of the astral planes. Next, the energy rises further into the heart center. All physical feeling from there down will be void. You will be paralyzed. You will hear great sounds as the energy moves through the heart chakra, similar to the sound that the sun makes every 32 minutes. You can levitate you can move to other planes and learn many things. Let's listen now to Dr. King's lecture as he explains what happens when the Kundalini power activates the throat, Christ and crown centers. Then you will have to bring the Kundalini up to 
the throat center and the heart stops beating. You're dead. This is death. Conscious death, though. You will have powers beyond your wildest imagination. You will have a feeling and a compassion for mankind that you have never dreamt before possible. You will be able to tune in and become one with the great cosmic symphony. You will hear music the like of which you never dreamt could have ever been in existence. You will see beauties the like of which that you had never had any conception of before in this or any other life. A whole new world will be opened out unto you and you'll be standing there ready to grasp it, to pull it into yourself. Now you're on the verge of cosmic consciousness. And you'll be able to talk a thousand languages, if you want to, without saying a word physically. And you'll be able to understand the thoughts of man. Not what he says, the thoughts of man. And you'll see the great streams of power radiating from the sun, striking the earth and being dissipated through the whole atmospheric belt around the earth. And you will be stricken with grief when you see poor man, the way that he wastes this great God-given powers when he could be charging himself and living instead of groping like a blind worm in the darkness. And you will weep bitter tears than you've ever wept before. And you will rise the Kundalini even higher than this. And you will enter the gates of true enlightenment. And you will have cosmic consciousness and you will become one with all things. And you will begin to know about all things because you are a part of all things. And you will see your true relationship with all things. And you will become aware not of a physical body, not even of the body you're in then, not even of the plane you're on, but the fact that you are life. And you will be blossoming like a great flower of life in the garden of enlightenment. And if you raise the Kundalini even higher than this to the crown chakra, you will indeed become wise and you will indeed become great and indeed realize in the midst of your greatness your your smallness you will indeed become humble because of your enlightenment in his book the nine freedoms dr king beautifully recounted his own first experience of a full rise in the power of kundalini from the base of the spine center to the crown chakra. I would like to read an extract of this now, beginning from where he has brought Kundalini into the Christ center. As the great goddess of power dwelt within the Christ center, the adept, in true deep meditation, became a knower. He felt that this state, despite his complete aloneness, was the ultimate. He knew later 
that this feeling was but an expression of his ignorance. For suddenly, even as a great shock to him, this great power reached to the uppermost branch of the tree, and then gradually at first, but surely, the highest centre opened. It was as though in a moment he wore above his head a crown of indescribable magnificence, a glorious, brilliant flash of illumination came to him. The powers before were nothing in comparison with this. Oh God, he was going even further upwards. His loneliness subsided, as a calm will stop the turbulence of the waves at sea, and peace began. But not static peace, for in this was all movement. He began to stretch outwards as though he had immense arms, which were embracing all things. His consciousness reached outwards, holding, and gradually came the realization of oneness. No longer was he a light in the wilderness, as he had been before, but now he was an essential part, an intimate part, an interrelated part of all things. His consciousness soared above the environment, above the city in which his cold body sat immobile, around the city, around all things and all people and all environments. Soaring upwards and outwards, he was now in the full and complete realization that he was life, which was manifesting in countless different ways in order to gain the experience necessary, the control demanded over matter itself. Here, in such an elevated state as this, came a deeper realization than ever before of the interrelationship of all things, of the life of all things. When he dwelt for a moment upon a rock, it sprang into vibrant life before his eye. It breathed, it had feeling, it had disappointment. The rock in some vague way experienced passion. It had a soul, a veritable spiritual essence which linked it with him, with all. As the state became even more advanced, he felt as though he was above the world, embracing it all, a part of it, living with it in complete intimacy, knowing it, appreciating it, loving it as he had never felt love before. He became one with that upon which his superconsciousness dwelt. He became detached from this oneness when he felt he should in order to learn from the experience of detachment, and attached when he wanted to in order to learn from the experience of attachment. He became existent in timelessness. He became vitally aware of the dimensions in which he existed and knew them, aye, all seven of them. He became as tiny as a molecule when he wanted to, and yet bigger than a world when he wished. He looked down from his lofty position high above the earth, appreciating its great glory, its power, its supreme light, perceiving the limitations it had put upon itself in order to allow life streams like him to gain the very experience which he was now living through in almost godlike ecstasy. It was then, when this realization dawned, that he stopped short. 
Here was the very power which he had sought. Power beyond the wildest dreams, beyond the most imaginative conception of mere man. Power to know what secrets he wished. Power greater than, than that needed to move any mountain, anywhere, at any time. But yet he stopped short, as though strangely disappointed with himself. Beneath him, beneath the crust of earth, within the ancient globe, dwelt a greater being than he or all men, a being which had imposed upon itself crushing limitations, so that the mass of men could crawl through existence upon its back in order to gain experience, knowledge, and eventually even wisdom. It was as though he had learned the great lesson brought about by striving for this. What was to him then an ultimate state of being? The lesson of detachment from even the greatest states he learned, and gradually he came back, becoming smaller and smaller with every true spiritual desire. Gradually he crept away from his all-powerful state, slowly diminishing, until again he became the lonely light shining through space. He dimmed this as he brought the power of Kundalini downwards. Dr. King said in his lecture that having raised Kundalini, you had a choice. To stay in the ecstatic bliss of meditation and experience the true fruits of wisdom, or in your compassion for mankind, lower the power of Kundalini and give help, teaching and service to mankind to help raise others to their own enlightenment. And this is what Dr. George King did after he had this most amazing experience of a full rise of Kundalini. Thanks, Tanya. If you want to find out more about the chakras, or how to reach your highest spiritual potential, visit our website, tas.co.nz. There are a few items in our shop which you may be interested in. Firstly, a book called The Nine Freedoms, which can help you understand the steps upon your spiritual journey. There's another little book called Contact Your Higher Self Through Yoga which teaches six yoga breathing exercises to help increase the flow of prana through your subtle bodies and chakras. Another excellent book is Realize Your Inner Potential, which is more about yoga breathing along with many other exercises to help you reach your spiritual potential. And of course, Dr. King's lecture that this podcast was based on. It's called The Psychic Centers, Their Significance and Development. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Julian Rosser. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to sharing another topic with you in our next podcast. Thank you for listening to Mystic FM, brought to you by the Aetherius Society. Tune in next time for more cosmic spirituality because It is wisdom that sets you free.